Welcome to the first ever Ride and Laugh podcast. I'm here with my buddy Sage, aka Trail Sage. We are stoked to be here and we are stoked to have you listening and watching. Before we get started, we want to share our vision for the show. So take a moment and think about that feeling after an awesome ride with your friends. You're at the parking lot, diner, you're hanging out, all the great conversation that happens, talking about trails, bikes, training, and just how much fun you had. That's the idea behind the Ride and Laugh podcast, so definitely join us. If you're stoked on mountain bikes, we're going to be talking, we're going to be having a lot of fun. Let's get into it. Sage, how are you today? Oh, man. Uh, back is still hurting, believe it or not, from uh, <laughs> putting on my pants the other day, but yeah, um, I'm doing well otherwise. We are going to get into injury recovery and prevention, <laughs> but uh, first we're going to talk a little bit more about our vision for the uh, podcast. We're going to talk about trails. We're going to talk about technique. We're going to talk a lot about bikes, mountain bike tech. We're going to get into uh, flow state training, mountain bike nutrition, which is a big one for us mountain bike YouTube, things that we're enjoying watching, uh, Sage's channel, mountain bike training. We want listener feedback. We've set up an email, which is ride and laugh number one at Gmail. Ride and laugh number two is a completely different uh, channel, and we do not endorse them. So, <laughs> In fact, uh, we have a lawsuit against ride and laugh number two right now. Anyways, <laughs> we're going to be talking about gratitude for riding, trails, bikes, friends, uh, what I wanted to start with is it's in the Northeast right now. It's winter, and it's a little bit it's a little bit cold out, and we don't always get our weekly ride because of the conditions, and that is bumming me out. The mountain bike therapy is is real, and how many times have you been injured, Sage, where you've told people about your injury and uh, people who don't ride. And what do they say? What's their response when they find out that you maybe broke your back? Uh, most of them are like, you probably shouldn't be mountain biking. <laughs> so you're going to stop doing that, right? And, Me, and, no. and what, and, <laughs> yeah. And our response. Uh, so anyone that doesn't know, I broke my face. And by face, I mean like the whole thing and my jaw really bad this summer. And for the first time in my life, I actually considered, I said, maybe I should stop doing this. And my wife said, absolutely not. You're going to keep going. And, and she's awesome. And that, that's an awesome lady. But, um, but certainly anyone that doesn't ride would say, you're going to stop, right? That's crazy. And, um, but that's the, that's the power and the passion that I think mountain bikers have. And that's what we want to bring to the podcast. And we want other people that understand that or are getting into it, whether you're a new rider or an experienced rider, just that passion of, you know, I might, I might break my face. I might break my back, but I absolutely love doing this and I can't wait to get back out there. And I think anyone that's been hurt is just counting down the days to recovery so that they can get back on the bike. Yeah. What are some strategies to get over that, that that injury hesitation that you might have once you get back on the trail? Because that's something that I've been dealing with quite a bit recently after having such a bad injury. You know, Dan, I think a lot of that has to do with how you got hurt too, right? Like, I mean, for you, it was on something that was almost like just silly. It was just absolutely <laughs> silly. And, yeah. and if you, if you yeah. don't know what happened, Dan uh, and I were at uh, Powder Ridge um, 
Powder Ridge Bike Park, and there was like this—it was the smallest little double, and we had been almost clearing it on every run. And on the last run, <laughs> Dan said, I'm, "I'm going for it," uh, and. Unfortunately, front wheel washed out. And I need more speed, is what I said. I think if I go faster, if I go faster, then then I got a chance at it. So I was pumping maximum speed. It's in the trail stage video, not the crash. He has it on recording, but I don't want to see it, and I certainly don't want to put it out into the into the ether. But there's a tiny little case on on the on the trail stage video where you see me case it, and that was the tiny little jump. All all those big jumps and drops. That was the one I decided that, uh, yeah, this is the one I have to get. And, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Changed my life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so, well, so for me, it, it was a little bit different. Um, I, I had, I think it was three injuries in a row. I had, um, what was it? It was at Mountain Creek. I had broke my scaphoid doing a really stupid I, I tried to execute a really dumb idea on the uh, patio drop. And <laughs> <laughs> this was early in Sage's uh, career of mountain bike drops. And for some <laughs> reason, as we're driving up to Mountain Creek for the second time, and we had so much fun the first time, this is many years ago. Uh, it's the, what do they call it? The patio drop, right? Patio drop. Yeah. So Sage says to me, uh, there's a little gap in there, and I think I was going too fast. So I think I need yep. to go slower. <laughs> and I, I remember, thinking, like, I don't know that that sounds a little bit weird, but okay. So, all right, please continue the story. Yeah. So the theory was because the gap was so small, uh, I was overshooting the landing, so I was going to go and do this very slowly. Uh, and I was going way too slow and just fell into the gap <laughs> and ended up breaking this, the scaphoid, uh, in, in my hand. Uh, and then that, that was actually a really long recovery, right? I was, I was out for about what, 12 weeks for that bone to heal. Um, and then when I came back from that, I, within two weeks broke my pinky and, uh, thumb on stage three at Mount Penn. I, I was following Dan went off a jump and went right into a tree. And, and that set me back another six weeks. Uh, and then what was it right after that, probably another three months, four months had gone by. And then the big one, when I was at uh, blue mountain, uh, at the infamous Ewok village. And if you don't know Ewok village, it is almost like a BMX style jump line in, in the sense that they're all really close together and they are not, time to trail speed. So if you are going trail speed, you're going way too fast. And uh, I was going way too fast and just nose dived right onto uh, my head. It, it slammed my chin to my chest and I ended up breaking two ribs, um, my T1 in my back, uh, and then both my wrists. So going back to your original question of like- And that, that was just you know, in a rough for a second. That was your, was that one of your first trail stage videos when you reviewed the helmet that you broke in that crash? Yes. Right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. You can go back same and see helmet. that. Yeah. You and I had yeah. the same helmet. Your your helmet yes. is also equally as damaged. <laughs> yes. Yours did a better job. <laughs> <laughs> I went, I blasted through my helmet and and ripped up my face. Um, well, of, of all the things that you damaged, your helmet and head was, well, I guess the helmet got busted up, but that your head was fine. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, not much going on upstairs. So, you know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the good Lord looks after us. He said, uh, Dan can, could lose a little handsomeness 
and Sage could lose a little bit of brain power. I was too good looking. You were too smart. <laughs> and thus, Charles Sage was born. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so yeah, that that the that last injury definitely set me back big time. I, I remember coming back from that having a a fear that I still have today on jumps, uh, lippy jumps, that not jumps that that are you know, the kind of fly through straight, but if it has a steep lip on it, I, I, to this day cannot get my brain to commit to the jump. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's annoying. It's really annoying. Yeah. Well, let's, we'll get, we're going to get into that some more and, um, we're going to talk a lot about jumping and techniques and, um, I think techniques, but also the, the mental aspect of it, of being up in the air, learning how to jump as an adult, um, I know you kids that are listening, like, it seems like it's, it's no big deal, but learning when you're young uh, is a whole different thing than learning when you're uh, a grown up. It's just, it's just a whole different level of fear. Um, but you, what you, what you really are a master at is clearing your mind and flowing over tech and your, your tech skills are amazing and, and enviable, um, we, we've talked often that we have different ways of kind of getting into that flow state. And, and I think that's something that everyone can relate to and everyone can, uh, I'd love to hear some comments either on, on the YouTube channel or in the email about how people get into their flow state, maybe on the way to the trails, listening to music or silence or a meditation. Um, I know that some of the things that we talked about and Sage actually has a trail Sage video on mind, on mindfulness during riding um, is that the, you know, if, if you know that the skills are in there, it's just a matter of accessing them. And someone like myself, I'm, oh, I'm constantly in my head and the fear might take over. Oh, no, 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 no. And that's not what you want. You want to be able to commit. So for me, I, a lot of times I'm just trying to trust my skills and know that they're in there and, and calm myself and then be able to go in, right? You want to be loose. You want to be relaxed. You want to have your arms and legs bent. So the words that I use, some of my mantra words are commit, trust, you got this. And sometimes we even yell down to each other. I got this, right? I got this, right? Yeah, yeah, you, you can do it. You got it. So we're, we're, we're even like, you know, helping each other and your and friends can do that. Um, so Sage, where does your confidence on tech come from and how did that develop? You know, you and I actually do share one thing in common when it comes to mindset and and that is both of us visualize and and that's that's a really powerful thing you know and and I think you hear a lot of people talk about this in sports in general um but it's a little bit different in mountain biking because it's such an individual like it's you against the mountain right yes. you're it's not like <laughs> in football where you're like I'm visualizing visualizing myself uh you know tackling this person you're you're not playing yeah. against somebody else They're, it's it's really on you is but it against if, or should it be with you know what I mean like it should be you with and the mountain I don't you know, you don't want to frame it as you're yeah. against the mountain yeah that's you're right you're right good good catch good catch yeah um yeah. but but you and I share that we we both talk about like what we had kind of been dreaming about or like daydreaming about I daydream a ton about a feature um, that I've seen and I'm just like, man, it would be really good to do it. And then I, I start to see myself doing awesome. it and getting a visual awesome. of it. 
that's that's the first part, right? That's the first part. Um, but then sometimes we don't have that luxury, right? Like when we're doing a destination ride, we don't have the luxury of daydreaming about a feature unless we had seen it on a, on a YouTube uh, video. So it's a little bit of different mindset when you're coming up to a feature for the first time too. And I think that's when the biggest separation between you and I probably happens because I'm able to kind of empty the brain and attack these features, no matter what they are, um, a little bit differently than, than you do. And that really just comes down to just literally emptying my brain of all thoughts. And if, if it is something like a drop, I, I, you know, I shouldn't say I empty myself of all, all thoughts because if there is something that I do need to take note of, and a really good example of this is a, a drop that maybe has, um, th that you can't see the landing of. So what I'll do is I'll pick something in the distance, like a tree, and this will be very far off in the distance. And so there, I will just keep that one thought in my head. Everything else gets cleared away, let my body do what it has to do, and then I focus in on that tree. And then of course, once I'm off the drop, then you know the eyes drop down and I'm, I'm already you know seeking out the landing. But yeah, for the most part, the brain is just empty upstairs. And, and and that's something you could just turn on or, or, or rather turn off. I mean, that, that seems like an incredible gift to me. Could, do you find that you're able to do that in real world scenarios also? Like if you're overthinking something work or personal, can, can you turn those thoughts off? I mean, could you take that into your personal life? Cause that's kind of a superpower. Yeah. I wish I could. I mean, I really wish I could turn off the brain sometimes. I, I, I struggle a lot with that, Dan. Um, I think that is for, for riding, looking at it from a riding perspective, not from a life's perspective, but I think riding and in sports in general, there's two different types of people, right? You have the method and then you have instinctual, you know, and you know, I, I can't speak for method, but you are definitely a method person person. I can hear it. You know, when you're go when you're tackling a feature, I can hear you actually going through the mantra in your head, like stay low, blah, 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 blah. And then shut you up execute. brain. Shut yeah. up. <laughs> <laughs> don't get in the way. We're going to fall. If I don't get in the way. Stop it. Stop it. Yeah, no, it's, 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 it's quite a cacophony of screaming in, in inside there, which I need to quiet with with techniques that I've learned over the years that, that work for me, which is something I think everyone can relate to, which is why we're talking about it today. Yeah. So, so, but you're able to turn that off. Yeah. It's it. Yeah. It's, it's completely empty, but strangely enough, like as you, as you pointed out, I can't seem to do that for the rest of my life. Like I'm definitely yeah. going through some stuff right now and I can't seem to turn off that part of my brain. Um, I wonder if there are cool? tricks in that. That would there be are, cool. Yeah, 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 that would be pretty cool. I think there are tricks. Uh, I, I, you know, that's kind of what uh, mindfulness is in a meditation sort of way is to be able to disengage from your thoughts. And you're much more than your thoughts. You're not just your thoughts. You know, I'm certainly not those panic thoughts approaching a slab that I've ridden maybe a dozen other times, but still is difficult. And, you know, so, I, you know, those panic thoughts are survival. But in our real lives, um, or in the rest of our lives, those thoughts, you know, you could look at them as panic thoughts as well. And, and they're misplaced survival thoughts. I don't need those thoughts at that time. And certainly, you know, there's plenty of times that we're going through life where we don't need these, these kind of obtrusive thoughts. 
and not in a, in a mentally un, unhealthy way. Uh, it's just human nature. It's just human nature. So if we could take some of these techniques from the trail and bring them into life, or if you figured out some of these techniques in life and bring them to the trail, and that's, I think that's where like, you know, worlds collide and things get really cool. You know, I, I, I often, I don't know why I've never asked you this before, but it just popped in my head. Um, do you, do you find that actually being a method, having a method approach actually is an advantage in many cases because you're able to talk yourself through things? Whereas for me, like when it comes to jumping, like I have this block, but for you, because you're able to talk through a process, are you, are you able to accomplish more? Like maybe that's an advantage. I think there's probably pros and cons to both. You know, I, I would, I would much prefer, it seems to me, it's funny that you say that because it seems to me that being instinctual would be better. And you're saying, well, maybe you have it better. Um, it's, it's the, um, if I, when I'm, when I'm in a, when I'm in a flow and I'm in the zone and like, and I'm letting go of my thoughts and, and maybe I'm going with my mantra, um, then I can have two, three, four months. Uh, I think, I think at one point I had like a year of solid riding where I didn't fall and I was just conquering everything. And then I think I fell in the, in the, in the wet one time on a, on a slab and, um, got pretty banged up and, (laughs) and I, and I was like back to square one and had to rebuild all that again. So, um, there's, there's probably, you know, I think that the bottom line is whichever type of rider you are and if whichever rider you are, comment, let us know, email, let us know. And if, and if, if you're a different type of rider, if you have a different way of getting into your flow, or if you have different issues on the trail, um, of, of staying locked in, uh, let us know. We, we, I'd love to hear what some other people's perspectives are on this, uh, other people's challenges. And those are things that we could talk about on, on a future episode. Uh, but I think you, you bring up a really good point that there's, there's probably highlights to each approach. And um, my guess is that from talking to people is that most people are more in their heads. I think, I think you have a little bit of a gift in being able to turn that off. But again, comment, email, uh, I, 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 that's, that's just my guess. So we, we need to get a more scientific study going on there. <laughs> we ain't scientists. <laughs> we'll be funding a study. Um, that'll be Ride and Laugh at Ride and Laugh number two at Gmail. We'll be funding the study. Uh, just so you know. <laughs> They're listening. They're listening. Yeah. <laughs> you should have given us that email. I'm just saying. You <laughs> now you gotta pay for a study. <laughs> if if I, here's a here's a question for you. And I know what my answer is, but what is the most important thing to have in order to achieve the most amount of success for mountain biking? And should I give you my answer first or do you want to take a go at it? Am I guessing your answer or am I giving you my answer? Oh, is there uh, only one no, you answer? Should... <laughs> 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 no, you should give yours. That's wrong. My answer is... um what was the question the most important thing what was the question yeah what's what's the most important thing uh that you can have as a mountain biker to have the greatest amount of success besides having the uh, the skills i would say confidence yep 
Yeah. Yeah. Is that the right answer? For sure. Yeah, that is that is the right answer. How, ding, how ding, long did I win, Bob? A no expense <laughs> trip paid. <laughs> Vacation. A no Ooh. expense paid trip. <laughs> uh, I won that same thing on, on trail stage one time. <laughs> yeah. uh, no greatest line ever. No expense trade of uh, the trade trip to um, Rocky Ridge. It was it was great. It was great. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. So uh, do you want to elaborate on that, uh, on the confidence? Yeah, I think, I think we're, we're seeing it with you, right. And you, and how fast you're able to come back from this injury injury, which has just been, I mean, you went from, I'm not sure if I want to ride again to I, well, y'all don't know. Cause y'all don't ride with Dan, but I ride with Dan every Sunday. And this dude is just, he's clearing stuff that, I mean, sometimes he has never cleared it's just it's unbelievable your your confidence level right now is just so high and it's coming through in the riding like you're just attacking yeah. this stuff it is it is it is crazy to me because i didn't know how you know i thought for the first time in my life maybe i should stop riding and um i kind of left that up to my wife i said you know if you want me to stop this is this is your chance <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> in the hospital i said that to her and uh god bless her she said no and then I was like, maybe I'll do, uh, maybe I'll just do XC. Maybe I'll just do cross country. And not, and I got no no problem with cross cross country. I think it's fun, and that's what we did. Our the first month I came back, we did XC rides, and and it was awesome. But very quickly after that, I just started to get the itch of like, let's get some tech, let's get some rock gardens, let's get some slabs, let's get some features. I haven't gotten the jumping again yet, though it's not really the season for it. Um, and uh, and yeah, the confidence was there, and and a lot of that was just is is what you talked about earlier that we could definitely get it more into was that that um, envisioning it and and picturing it when you're not on the bike, yeah. And so I just started to see these features that I wanted to ride, and I saw myself doing it. And more than that, I started to tell myself, I'm 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 good at riding tech. I'm. I'm capable of doing these. I'm, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a strong rider. And uh, I've been getting really into the whole, like met the science behind being able to manifest your future. And, and there's a spiritual side to it and that's completely cool. And it's different, but the science side is that when you build it up in your mind, your mind starts to believe it, you're visioning it. And then your body starts to have the emotion behind it. And then when you get into that situation and all those same factors, because because we can create emotions and physical feelings with our with our minds. Human beings can do that. So then you get into the actual situation where you're approaching the slab, and you're already used to it. And the feeling that you've been envisioning is confidence. I got this. And how cool is that? So if, if someone's having trouble or looking at a feature and saying, "I don't know if I could do that," and then picturing it. And in their mind, doing it and succeeding. And then the feeling afterwards of like, yes, high five in your friends and, and just being so stoked that you did that. We've done that on a lot of different things. I remember the there's a really, really steep um, slab at Mount Penn with a, with a crazy, gnarly entrance. And we looked at it and we were like, no, forget it. No way. <laughs> and then Sage starts telling me, uh, I've, I've been thinking about that slab um, a lot. And I was just like, shit. We're going to be doing it. <laughs> I mean, I just knew it. As soon as he's like, I've been thinking about that a lot. I was like, well, I better start thinking about it too, because if he's thinking about it, it's happening. It's happening. It's the way it's happened on everything that we started to like envision. 
we eventually do it. And we went from guys that were scared of all of this stuff not that long ago, a few years ago, to guys that just like do it all. And it's so much fun. Progression is so much fun. It's such a great part of the sport. And uh, and I think the the vision envisioning and the and the and the mental like rehearsal and then feeling positive about it, I think that has so much to do with our personal progression on on tech features. Yeah, yeah. But let's not forget like all the work that you're putting into it too, the physical work too. I mean, like progression's one part of it, but like you also put your time in, you know, with the pump track and just going out, hammering out miles so that you're in shape to be able to even get to these places. It's not just mental with you. Like you are you are a physical specimen, my friend. I always call you the the diesel engine, because once you get started, man, that's it. But yeah, the the physical part of it plays a big role too. You know, we talk about confidence and all that, but like you also need to back it up with just constantly practicing this stuff, you know, and, and being in shape makes a huge difference so that you're not tired when you get to these obstacles. I can't actually, aside the, the patio drop, um, most of my injuries probably are from fatigue. You know, and, and fatigue plays with the mental part of it, too, because then you, you're exhausted in your brain as well. The brain just sucks up so much, so much energy. Yeah. I just make the most boneheaded decisions sure. when I'm tired. Sure, sure. Yeah. I mean, how many times have, have, have you had a little crash or or just clipped a tree or something like that? And, and you're just thinking or you even say out loud, like, oh, the fatigue's setting in. It's just getting me. Or your brain's just not working quite as right. Uh, certainly, yeah, certainly being fit makes mountain biking more fun unless you're riding an e-bike and even then you still need quite a bit of fitness to be able to haul one of those things around. Um, so I, we, we don't have a ton of experience on e-bikes. We can get into that in a different episode, but um, you know, the, the, regardless, you have to have uh, a, a certain level of fitness in order to have fun on a mountain bike. And I would say flexibility. I think that's something that a lot of people don't necessarily take into account. And some people don't have to work on it. I know Sage, you don't really have to work on it. Uh, but being able to get into a low hinge, being able to hip uh, to ra- rather hinge at your hips and engage your hamstrings. Uh, I remember reading the Lee Likes Bikes um, book on mountain bike scales. And he said, if your quads are lighting up at the end of a downhill, you're doing it wrong. And I was like, oh, man, then I'm completely doing it wrong because I would get halfway through a downhill and just be like, my legs are on fire. and I had to slow down. I had to slow down. Because I was holding myself up with my quads. And then once I learned this hip hinge, it engages your hamstrings. And that's not a muscle you're really wearing out on the climb. You know, your hamstrings still get tired, but it's just a whole different feeling. And then you're getting lower and you've got your arms bent and the whole, you know, everyone knows mountain biking. If you don't know, get low, have your elbows fairly wide. You want to have heavy feet, light, light fingers. Uh, but you want to be low. You want to have a lot of room for that bike to move under you, uh, regardless if it's a hardtail or or full suspension. So, um, yeah, being having this this the skills before you start. But do you have to have the skills before you start envisioning doing something? I guess you wouldn't want to approach something that's beyond yeah. your skill and they're like, well. I envisioned it, so I'm doing it. <laughs> I, I do not I do not endorse that whatsoever. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, if you do that and you get hurt, ride and laugh number two at Gmail. 
is who you want to contact. <laughs> Not one. <laughs> but if you envision it and you do it, ride and laugh one at Gmail. We want to hear about it for yeah. sure. We want to hear about it or comment on the YouTube channel. Yeah. It, do, awesome. it does start with one though, right? Like our progression didn't start until we hit Dane's drop. I, and if you don't, if you're not from around PA or the Mount Penn area, Dane's drop is like probably what three feet, mm -hmm. three or four. Yeah. yeah, yeah, three or four. So it's it's not it's not something that you can roll, but it's not huge by by any stretch of the means. But Dan and I had just always ridden by it, and it wasn't until our buddy Chris Chris Cruz shout out, um, he was like, "No, you guys can do it." You guys can do it. And we had not even visualized. I had not visualized it. I was deathly afraid of this. But I think you had mentioned it before about, you know, us encouraging each other. Well, this was, you know, a friend of ours who yeah. had ridden with us, you know, yes. doesn't ride with us all the time, but had ridden with us enough to know yeah. that we could do it. And it was Dude, him you saying, guys, yeah, you guys could, could totally do, do that. Yeah. He was like, yeah. he so was like, like beside himself that we weren't doing it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. Right. And uh, I think he thinks we're much better than we are, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which may have been true, but maybe not because he was right. I mean, we did it without a problem. So sorry to interrupt, but yeah, no, no, I, I actually was trying to think back to like what that felt like, you know, and I'm, I'm it was so long ago, Dan, but yeah. I, 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 I do remember being really nervous and scared. Um, but then that feeling of just like, let it go. That yeah. I, I that that is what goes through my head is just let it go, you know. And, and you and I kind of stared at the. We just AKA stood at just the drop. <laughs> yeah, just send it right. Yeah, just send it. Yeah, which is which is not it. Which is yeah. That I would not do that if I um. No. Just send it is usually bad advice, but in this yeah. case, right? Yeah, let it go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But man, what a great feeling! I remember. Was it? I don't know who did it first. I think it was me. I don't even remember. It was so long ago. Yeah. But it, I remember taking our friends was. through it afterwards and being so stoked, like, and seeing their stoke. Yes. You know, and just yeah. being, like, just so excited. Yeah, like, oh, my God, we can do drops. And, you know, that's where it starts. Yeah, I mean, and, and that's what's so cool nowadays. There's so many um, cool places where you can ride that have progressive drops, whether it be a park or a bike park or even some, some trails, you know, and just, like, and just, like, start playing around on that. Um, here in, in Pennsylvania, they're just starting to build some like cool um, progressive bike parks for you know local townships, and um, and I, and I know in a lot of the uh, around the country and around the world, there's there's a lot more of that stuff. But um, yeah, you you start small and and just work your way up. Yeah, what a what a great time to like get into mountain biking because you're absolutely right. Like bikes are primo right now, and now you're getting townships and cities behind biking and you're seeing these pump tracks being built jump parks being built and they're free they're free yeah. like we didn't have this when we started riding mountain yeah. bikes you know what we were on these like old geo bikes uh yeah. clipped in you know and uh oh, man what a great time to be a mountain biker for sure yeah and i felt like i feel like uh when we were really getting into it which is what how long ago do you think that we started riding together 16 years 16, 16, 16, 15 years. So the bike parks back then were like free ride parks. They weren't yeah. for there. Like there wasn't green trails. You know, it was just like, I mean, from what I remember was it was like, you watch these DVDs of these guys, like, 
you know, going off these crazy features and, and this crazy tech and, and we didn't have those bikes. We certainly didn't have that, that scale or, or confidence. And um, we could talk a little bit more about our, our start and, and mountain biking and, and how that affected us and, and what we recommend for, for people to, to get confident, to get strong. But those, those early bike parks, like just did not seem like an option. And then we started to have friends, Curtis specifically, be like, you guys got, you should go to a bike park. You should go to a bike park. You should go to a bike park. Here, you can borrow all the gear I have, but just go. Yeah. You're going you're gonna to love it. And we, and we just denied it for years because yeah. we had this, we had this like El Diablo, you know, the devil bike park of destroying souls in our heads. And then we went and, and it opened up a whole new world. So if you're a new rider, I'm sure you're going to bike parks all the time. If you're not, check them out. <laughs> Let me throw myself under the bus. I, I actually had another reason. Uh, I was like an earn your turns guy. Like, I'm not going to lie. Yeah. When, I, when I first started riding. Sure. Yes. Yeah. Like bike parks <laughs> were like, no, man, you got to earn your turns. And like, how dumb? Like, so, yeah. so dumb. Because like, if yeah. you think about it, if you're earning your turns, by the time you get to the top of the mountain, you're fatigued. And then like your, yeah. your downhilling is just like terrible. Oh, yeah. I know. By that measure, you should have earned a lot more turns than you actually get to turn. <laughs> uh, holding up your turns calculator. I should actually have a lot more turns in here because that climb was really hard. That was really yeah. hard. But yeah, I, well, you made the you made the distinction at one point. You were like, "We we ride." Dan rides a trainer hard, and I'm doing hit workouts outside in all weather conditions. And and sprinting up hills on my gravel bike and my road bike in order to be in shape for these rides. So we are practicing getting in shape for climbs and yeah. and and going fast. And when it comes to downhill, we don't practice at all. We get one run and then it's back to climbing. <laughs> so I thought I thought that was a really brilliant way to 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 put it. And then we started to really shift our thinking is this is practicing downhilling. So when we get to the downhill on, and we've earned it at the top of our, at the top, top of our trail ride, we can have as much fun as possible and ride more features. And then it just kind of like switched over to, well, downhill parks are just really fun period. We can work on jumps and there's all these cool features and these cool drops and you get pretty stoked. Uh, downhill parks are awesome. And I'd like to visit more. We, we go to blue mountain, here in Pennsylvania, and we go to Mountain Creek in New Jersey, which is awesome. They're both they're both good for for what they are. Uh, Mountain Creek's excellent, and I, we've been to a few others randomly. But uh, but I, I could I could visit bike parks. I could do a whole summer just visiting bike parks. I mean, it, they're so much fun. Yeah, repetition, right? It's just like yeah. being able to like do a run the same run over and over and just perfect little things. Like this this run, I want to focus on you know, pressing through my pedals. Okay. This one, I want to focus on this. You can do that. You can't do that if you're earning your turns because mm -hmm. <laughs> you just don't have that many turns. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that old, that old mentality of, of earn your turns. Uh, and you see it also in a lot of the anti e-bike kind of rhetoric, right. That, you know, yeah. um, yep. and I, and I just think that unfortunately, I think it happens with all sports. I think it's human nature, but there's certainly like there's these judgments being passed on riders and how good someone is or how, you know, or, or how slow they are or what they look like. 
and what they're hitting, what they're not hitting. And um, I would just like mountain biking and, and certainly our community of mountain biking to just be kind of like judgment free. Like everyone's out there to have fun and progress and be stoked for each other and help each other progress. I mean, the, the mountain bike community does have that also. It's it, for the most part, it's really supportive. And I'd like to amplify that support and that and, and sharing that stoke. And what we're going to be talking about during our podcast of of helping people progress, helping people become mindful of their riding, maybe bring that into life, you know, and be passionate about something, riding and whatever it is in life that you love. But get rid of all that judgment because we put it on ourselves and then we put it on the rest of the of the community and other people. And mountain biking is just too cool for that. Yeah, I, I'm guilty, guilty for sure yeah. of ju- passing judgment. Yeah, I was, yeah, I was speaking I, of you specifically. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I've I've definitely passed. Ju- I I I was you know earn your turns. I was also anti e bike for a little bit. You know, uh, I'm not now. I'm I'm completely on board. If I could afford one, I'd, I'd buy one right now. Honestly. Um, I've passed judgments on people, you know, it's, it's terrible, but you know, I think we all fall victim to that at some point. And it's, I tell you what the best feeling is, is when you get shown up, you know, when you, yeah. when you pass a judgment, yeah. you're like, Oh crap, that was, yeah. I was way off. I was way off. Yeah. And, and so being able to learn, right. Learn from that experience uh, and be a better person. Right. But I'm owning it. Yeah. I'm owning it. I judged. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's, it's part of maturing. It's part of growing up. It's, it's, you know, and I, I would just love to see the, the amount I, I, I want our community of mountain bikers to be non-judgmental and supportive and everyone just getting better at riding and having fun. If you want to get better, if, if your thing is riding cross country and getting better to you is just going faster. Like you don't have to be riding crazy tech or clearing jumps. If you want to yeah. get into it, we'll, we'll help you. But yeah, absolutely. What what whatever you love, and if that's your thing, if it's not fitness, if it's e biking to the top of your of your of a, of a mountain and and going down as many times as you can, like that's totally cool. That's totally cool. The yeah. sport's so diverse. It's that's so cool. It's so beautiful. I love it. That's the other thing, right? That's that's another thing that you and I have kind of like in that sixteen years that we've been riding, the amount of disciplines of of riding itself has expanded, you know, <laughs> from mm-hmm. like including down country to mm-hmm. indoor. Indoro wasn't a thing. Like you yeah. were a downhiller or you were cross country. That was it. You had yeah. two options, you know, yeah. and now we have all mountain enduro and like, there's just like, and there's bikes for each. Right. So it's like, it's so easy to get into mountain biking and find your niche. And that niche can change. I, you and I, we had talked about it. We started out as XC guys and now, well, I guess we're still XC, but like we're XC Enduro. I I, I don't even know what we free would be. Ride, X free ride C. That's not a thing. That's not. Is that is it? Well, we're not free ride because we pedal all around the mountain. But yeah, I mean, but let's not label it. You know, we 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 ride. Yeah, we ride. Yeah, <laughs> we ride and laugh. Ride and laugh. We ride. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I have so much, I have so much gratitude and that's something that we want, I want to touch on. We're, we're, we're going to talk about every podcast, every episode is just something that we have gratitude for um, in the mountain bike world. And uh, certainly in, 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 in life, I think it's, I think it's a great idea 
to write down two or three things that you have gratitude for every day. It just kind of like brings a little bit of thankfulness, a little bit of positive energy into your world. And um, we could all use that. And so as far as uh, gratitude towards the mountain bike world and community, so many things. But today I'm going to start with our local trail builders, the people that that build those cool features and that 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 build the water bars and keep trails draining correctly. And uh, so everyone who works on trails builds trails and, um, you know, just, just the, just super, super gratitude. Like when you think about where you're riding and how much work goes into that uh, it's, it's, it's awesome. And it's awesome. And, uh, and I, I certainly appreciate it. And uh, a big thank you and, 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 and much gratitude to all the trail builders of the world. Dane Clay. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Local <laughs> legend, Dane Clay. Thank you very much. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So I, did you I, I have guess, a, did you want to second that one or did you want to add a different mountain bike gratitude? Oh man, of course I would second that, man. I, I, yeah. I mean, where, where would we be without trail builders? But I guess in light of, you know, all the, the struggles that I've been going through, uh, you know, with all the channel stuff, I'm, I'm really grateful our, for our friendship, you know, and, and all yeah. the friends that we have in our mountain bike community. These Sunday rides have like literally kept me alive, you know, like just I look forward to Sunday. I've always looked forward to Sunday. You know, we, we talk about it all the, all the time. It's, it's all about Sunday. Don't do anything that would destroy that Sunday ride. And more than ever, that Sunday ride has, has been meant the world to me, you know, and I, I'm so grateful that I have great friends um, that and 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 I have the ability to do that. You know, I have great friends, but I also have the means to do that. You know, I have a bike, yes. I have a car, yes. you know, I have my dad, you know, and, and uh, yeah, just super grateful. Just yeah. super. Grateful. I mean, so when, when you stop and think about it, sometimes things that we can easily take for granted so yeah. uh, for, for everyone listening, when I met Sage and, and my family was really young and his family was, was pretty young and, and, and he had the idea, he's like, we're, we're, let's just ride every Sunday at, at 9 a.m. And we'll just make that, we'll make that our thing. And it was so brilliant because then we were able to just kind of get into this routine and our family started to know like, okay, Sunday mornings, you know, the guys are going out riding. And, and so it just became like kind of locked in place. And thank God, because talked about in the beginning of the episode but mountain bike therapy so i mean if you're having a hard time you're going through some stuff in life and even if you're not just that you know being able to get out and use your body and maybe you've been training all week you know maybe you put in a couple trainer rides or you've been running or whatever it is or lifting weights to get in you know and you go out and you have a good ride it's kind of the culmination of that maybe you had some smaller rides during the week if you're if you're lucky right but uh for us and for a lot of people, I think that the weekend ride ends up being the big ride, the main one. And yeah, we certainly look forward to that. And we put all our eggs in that basket. Be ready for Sunday. Don't 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 do something stupid on Saturday and be tired on Sunday because the other guy's going to want to push you. But but absolutely, um, getting out and, and using your body and getting those endorphins going, and then afterwards, just like uh, you know, be accomplishing something, whether it be a hard ride or doing some features. And that's, that's what I talked about in the beginning of the episode, right? It's just kind of floating around that parking lot, like just stoked. Like, man, that was so much fun. And you're alive. Yeah. You're alive. So, um, yeah, when, when you're having a, a tough time and I, sometimes all you got to do is be able to just grab your bike and, and hit the trail. 
if you're a mountain biker, like that's, that's joy right there. That's fun. Yep. You know, it's, it's, it's awesome. It's an awesome gift to have. And certainly uh, deserves a lot of gratitude. The, just, just the general weekend ride, the big ride with, you know, and if you could do it with friends, even better. Absolutely. Yeah. So whatever your mountain bike gratitude is, if you have something that's, that came to mind when we started talking about this, talking to the listeners, if you have something that came to mind, then leave, leave it on the YouTube or, or shoot us an email. Would love yeah, to one. see some of these other, yeah, some of, some of these other mountain bike gratitudes. Uh, send those in. There are things that we could talk about and uh, get other people's perspectives. The ride and laugh number one at Gmail uh, is, is where to send those, those things. Yep. Number two is a, is a lawsuit. That's uh, you don't want to go there. So all complaints go to two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the poor. I, we should maybe email too. Just, just, just apologize preemptively. Just like, listen. Somehow you became part of this bit, and a lot of random people are going to be emailing you, <laughs> and they're not going to like it. We're, I mean, we've thrown you under the bus completely. <laughs> they're just sitting at the computer, like, what is happening? Is the influx of? <laughs> we're a we're a charity for. Uh, little stroller rides and people are coming at us like is that a thing? Stroller ride? Oh, good stuff, dude. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, great first episode. If you're still listening, you are one of us. You are a mountain biker. You are stoked on riding. You're having fun. You're getting out there. Join our community. Rate and subscribe on your podcast player. Like and subscribe on YouTube. Now get out there and ride. We'll talk to you next time. See you, everybody.